The movie was terrible, and fuck the anime. Come at me, fanboys. Radio Drome. Welcome to another wonderful, awful Radio Drome. I am the wonderful, awful host, Josh Hadley. With me, as always, is Cecil Just Wonderful. I certainly am. And Peter, kinda awful, but more on the wonderful side. I'd like to think uh, awfully kinda wonderful. Well, we're going to do part two of the worst films of all time from the 1990s and up. But before that, you guys need to go to adamandeve.com. Use the promo code DROME, and you will get 50% off of a single item, three free DVDs, a free clip bumper, and free U.S. shipping. Use the promo code DROME at adamandeve.com. So last week, we left off ending the 1980s on this list of the worst films of all time. So let's go right into the 1990s with Troll 2. Now, is Troll 2 a bad movie? Oh, yes. It's an incompetent movie. (laughs) It is bad. I'm not 100% sure it deserves to be on the worst of all time because it's not unenjoyable. I don't know. Troll 2. Troll 2 deserved to be here or not? No. No, it doesn't. Most Claudio Fergasso movies don't. This guy, yeah, his movies are pretty bad, but he genuinely believes that they're great. If you've seen the Best Worst Movie documentary for Troll 2, which is, in my opinion, better than the actual movie itself, because it's, it's great to see, uh, actual interviews with, uh, with the director and the, the guy who played the dad. He really, truly believed that he made a, made a great film and he really put forth the effort and there was clearly so many problems with it. You know, it was translated using a, a poor translation and then he got these American actors trying to decipher the script and they're really trying hard. You know, there are people that, that haven't been trained to act like, like worse than most like random exploitation actors are, but they're really giving it their all and they, they tried to make something memorable and, and good and enjoyable and, it honestly is. It's it's not boring. It's bad, but in a great way. It, it's one of those so bad that they're good movies that it's it's become mainstream in a way. It's the it's the bad movie that kind of everybody knows about, even if you haven't seen that many of them. Even if you don't even know who Claudio Fergasso is, you know what Troll Two is, and it's it's a very easy, approachable Z grade film. And I've always found it really fun to watch. Plenty of people do riff tracks on it. I can easily watch it without because there's so many memorable little moments, colorful and fun looking movie. It's it's ridiculous. The music is really silly and sounds like uh, something left over from fucking Airwolf or something. Like it's got that really fun, cheesy, synthy kind of kind of uh, score to it. I've always really, really loved uh, a Troll too. Like it's it's one of those movies you like. The first time I saw it, I think it was on UPN or something when I was like 12 years old, and I, I just thought it was hilarious. And since then, I always go back every now and then to to watch it because it, it just it tickles the funny bone. And no, it, it doesn't belong on a worst movies of all times list. At all. It's it's too entertaining to be on that. Troll 2 is the movie that I... I, I don't want to say blame, but uh, I, I guess I'll say, like, Troll 2 is the movie that got me to understand that movies could be bad 
but could also be awesome. Like, it transcended everything. Like, this was a movie where the acting was bad, the dialogue was bad, the effects were bad. It didn't make a lot of sense. It was just ludicrous, and yet it's one of my all-time favorite movies. I can't watch Troll 2 and be in a bad mood. It's so ludicrous and fun, and, I mean, you know, it's it's trolls, but the town is Nilbog, which is goblin backwards. They're using the uh, troll costumes from like a bunch of other movies that they used him in uh you know it, it just it, it's like so silly the the lines in the movie are wonderful you know the i you know you can't piss on hospitality i won't allow it and <laughs> the father is just so awesome like you can tell he's really trying like he's putting his all in, like you said, and it's just such a bad movie and it's such a catastrophe. And like Peter said with um Best Worst Movie is like it showed how much like heart actually went into this. Like they uh Claudio Fergasso you know, he wanted to make a good movie and it's just, you know, uh, was making this thing that wasn't particularly great. But he, he, he pretty much gimped it up, yeah. He gimped it up, but I mean but it's still but I mean if he if it if if he would have done it right, it may not have turned out as amazing as it was. Like, there's so many things in this movie that are that are great. I just, I love it. You know, that uh, everything has this, you know, green on it, and they're all turning the, everyone into vegetables so they can eat them. And it, it's ridiculous in, like, the highest possible way, but in the best possible way. And I think that, much like a lot of movies, became infamous and then it became like the worst movie ever. So you have people that haven't seen it that are like, oh, God, it was the worst movie ever. And, you know, well, if, if all you do is watch mainstream movies, then, yeah, it might be. But it's still it's just a wonderful movie. I, I adore it. See, I, I look at Troll 2 as kind of like that retarded kid at your school. You can't hate him. You just don't want to hang out with him. <laughs> I, I'm more along the lines of I've. Believe me, dude, I would sooner watch Troll 2 than the vast majority of a lot of shit that gets released in the theaters. Look at Highlander 2 The Quickening. Oof. Now, I don't want I don't want to spend a ton of time on this because Cecil and I already did a full Highlander retrospective. I, I think I'll let Roger Ebert sum it up. Quote, Highlander 2 The Quickening is the most hilariously incomprehensible movie I've seen in many a long day. A movie almost awesome in its badness. Whenever science fiction fans gather in decades and generations to come, this film will be remembered in hushed tones as one of the, immor as one of the immortal low points of the genre, unquote. I think I made my feelings on this movie clear in our Highlander retrospective. Looks fantastic. Mm -hmm. Great cast. What a piece of shit of a film. I think Highlander 2 <laughs> deserves to be on this list because this is one of the most incompetent, incomprehensibly bad, how-do-you-screw-this-up movies I've ever seen. And director Russell Mulche agrees with that, too. He walked out of the premiere after 15 minutes in disgust, so that says a lot. Highlander 2, I I always wonder, like, I I really, like, want to get the full story. I know there's, like, they, they've done, you know, they did the theatrical cut, and then they did the, um, uh, the, what, what was the, this director's cut? The Renegade cut. Renegade, the Renegade, Renegade cut, cut, but it wasn't really the, rent. it wasn't really the director's cut. Like, I really want to know. I think that there is a proper movie in there somewhere. It's just gotten so jumbled and incomprehensible from various edits and whatnot. Like you said, it is a fantastic looking movie. It's just so, like, all over the place. It retcons the original to death. It doesn't make 
any sense. And I really wonder if like there is uh, just it, there's something in there that's missing. There's, uh, you know, it it got edited out. I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense that this would be so far removed from the original. It it it's just it's insane. I mean, how how far did they they go to screw this up? It's actually a screw up of such spe- spectacular proportions. It kind of becomes amazing because mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't think you can screw up a movie this bad accidentally. It actually takes skill to make to to screw a movie up this poorly. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. Like, what I don't understand is that it's direct. It'd be one thing if it was directed by somebody different, but it's directed by you know Mulcahy, who did the original film, and so he was kind of continuing on what was already built, and it's just so disjointed and like like I don't understand how the sequel is so far removed from the original. I think part of it maybe is the trying to explain it you know because whenever you try to explain something science fiction you have a really high probability of failing miserably midichlorians but with this it's like you know they had the the prize and, and he you know he won at the end of the first one and they need to figure out a way to continue and they they really could have figured a way to have it continue without having it become you know the the cluster f- that it did it doesn't belong on the list no i can acknowledge it's terribleness i mean i think every everyone who's a fan of the original highlander hears the word zeist and immediately gets a cringe up their spine but the way i look at highlander 2 is as as you both have been saying it is a it's a beautiful looking movie i think there there is a coolness to it uh michael ironside is the villain steals the show i mean he kind of always does anyway but i like christopher lambert in it i think sean connery's fun in it again clearly we're desperate to make a sequel because i mean they they obviously had something good going with the first film and they wanted to do something else it was just really really poor decision making to make it about aliens all of a sudden and they're not actually immortals and there is no prize or or whatever it completely does retcon the first movie but i do think it's enjoyable like with troll 2 it's it's a well-paced movie i enjoy what i'm watching on screen the visuals are really cool overall it's it's a very fun film if you completely look at it as a standalone from the from the first one now that being said Obviously, they they did. They bungled it completely because if you look at Highlander 3, which I actually like that one quite a bit, I think that's a much more true sequel because they they do have him winning the prize and he has a kid and everything and they explain what happened to the chick he was with in the first movie and then you have, you know, this uh, other mortal who's been in in like entrapped in the ice for years or whatever and then he's finally thought out and then everything kind of reboots itself. So it, it sort of makes sense. Is that something they could have done? Uh, saving face from Highlander 2, but I, I don't believe that Highlander 2 deserves to be on any worst movie list at all. I think it's a very enjoyable film. If you want to put any of the Highlander films on that list, put the fucking source on there. The, the source should definitely be on there. The source isn't the low-hanging fruit. You know, Highlander 2 is the one that gets talked about. And even though it's not as bad, like, I still, I'm, I'm with you, Peter. Like, I don't really think it, it doesn't bring out like white hot rage with me. It just, it actually makes me more sad because I really think that there's a, that there's a proper movie in there somewhere. It's just, we're never going to see it with something like, you know, some of the other movies on, on this list that we'll be getting to. They're just like, I can't watch them without getting angry. And, and you know me, like, I'm not really an angry person. 
what usually makes people happy is comedies. So when a comedy fails, it's got to be pretty bad, right? Let's look at Frozen Assets and North. Frozen Assets is an almost completely unseen Corbin, Corbin Bernson, Shelley Long movie where Corbin Bernson is a tax executive who becomes the head of a sperm bank. He has all these promotions to get guys to come in and jerk off, and he has porn stars come in. And it's a stupid movie. It's brainless. It's not very funny. Worst ever? No. North, on the other hand, I don't agree with Roger Ebert very much, but... I hated this movie. Hated, 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 hated this movie. Hated it. Hated every simpering, stupid, vacant, audience-insulting moment of it. Hated the sensibility that thought anyone would like it. Hated the implied insult to the audience by its belief that anyone would be entertained by it. North is a bad film. One of the worst ever, one of the worst ever made. Of all the films ever made, North, North may be the most difficult to watch from start to finish. Unquote from Roger Ebert. Yeah, he nailed North. I've just never, I've never had a desire to see it because I hate the majority of like kid movies, you know, unless it's like Goonies or something. Uh, like I just, I avoid them. So, uh, yeah, I, I never saw it in Frozen Assets. I am kind of surprised I've never seen it actually. I know it probably is silly and dumb, but I like like, you know, uh, young doctors in love and that kind of stuff. Like they're that, that eighties, you know, well granted this was 92, but it was a, a probably, you know, was a leftover from the eighties gross out eighties comedy. To me, frozen assets is just not funny, not offensively, not funny. Just, it's not funny. Just so not I don't funny. Think, I, I don't, yeah, it's just, it's just not funny. Haven't seen either of them. So I can't really give an answer. All right, well, then we move on to two strangely similarly themed movies, Showgirls and Striptease. Now, Showgirls is bad, but like Highlander 2, it's almost audacious in its badness. I love Paul Verhoeven. I've loved almost every movie this man's ever made. And you can see Paul Verhoeven's touch all over this. Man, this is just a miscalculated movie. And Striptease... Just dull. I was so not invested. I wouldn't call Striptease a bad movie. Just a movie I don't give a f*** about in any conceivable way. Eh, they don't deserve to be on the list. They're kind of dull. I mean, I, I don't know. For some reason, I just I don't find movies about strippers to be all that interesting. I mean, that's the reason why I didn't see any of the Magic Mikes. I'm like, I don't really give a shit. It just kind of look. They sort of just looks like the male equivalent version. Neither of them are are just interesting at all. They they seem like uh, like every time I've seen showgirls and striptease, I'm like these are just the filler scenes in a porno. Like there's no substance to this. It's dull. It's fucking boring. Nothing is going on. The actors, uh, the characters are wooden and stupid, and you don't get in in it. Just like the, the same thing that when I was watching uh, striptease, I got that same sense. Even as like a 13 year old boy watching those movies and strictly watching them, you know, because you're you're going through puberty and you're into the the, the nudity and shit. I'm still sitting there at 13, like this is fucking stupid and i don't know it, it doesn't belong on the list they're not that bad i just i think they're dull showgirls will always be magical because it uh allowed jesse spano to be completely naked that is something ever since uh seeing her on say by the bell everybody was flipping out over tiffany amber Thiessen, and i was all jesse spano so having you know elizabeth berkeley naked pretty much for the majority of the film was uh one of those uh defining moments in my uh in my younger years it must be weird not having anyone come on you yeah you know Oh, all right. Say what you will about Joe Esterhaus's writing. It's a brilliant line. Yeah, Je uh, Joe Esterhaus. He did. Um, he did that. He did uh, Jade, which I also really liked. Kind of. I 
kind of surprised to not see on this list because yeah, because Jade is pretty hated. I liked Jade I liked as well. Jade a, but lot. a lot of people hate that movie, man. Yeah, but a lot of people hate that movie, and uh, and I don't know. Like the director's cut of that is a genuinely good, like erotic thriller. William fucking Friedkin, man. Yeah, but I mean, it was. I mean, you had David Caruso, Linda Fiorentino, Chas Palminteri, Richard Crenna, Michael Bean. Like you had an awesome cast a very pretty tensely done script you had a great director and i really don't know like i mean even the theatrical ver you know version is like is good i mean but the director's cut is definitely the better version because it explains more and it actually has well, a I, much I, 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 I more think, effective I think ending the reason, the, re- the reason that jade is so hated is is and this criticism I do think is fair. It's seen as trying to sort of remake Basic Instinct. It has so much in common with Basic Instinct. It was like Joe Astrohouse was just kind of repeating himself and changing the format. And that criticism is fair. But I never liked Basic Instinct though. Well, like, Jade's way better. Jade's way better. I think that uh, the story behind Showgirls is another one of those movies uh, where the story behind it is actually better than the movie. I like Showgirls a lot, but I'm not saying that it is a particularly good movie. It is an entertaining movie with a lot of tits, you know, just a a very good looking cast. It's for me, it's fun. It's silly. It's got some uh, good one liners. It's got great directing from Verhoeven, uh, who I just like. It, it does seem like a very odd choice for him to do. The story behind it, you know, where they were trying to really push, make NC-17 a thing in theaters, and then no theaters wanted to carry it, and it just kind of became infamous. And that's the reason why it's on this list. Again, the majority of the people that shit on it probably haven't seen it. Now, Striptease, I did not like Striptease at all. Striptease was the excuse at the time, because Demi Moore wanted to show off her recently manufactured body after she just had a, a crap ton of, uh, you know, body, you know, uh, plastic surgery done. And it was just like, oh, you got new tits installed. You got all this other, you know, and it just, it had a very try hard, like feel bad story. Oh, you know, she's really, she's, she's stripping in this, um, what was he? The Burt Reynolds was what the mayor. She's doing it for her kid, isn't she? Right. she well, well, that's what I'm saying. She's doing it for her kid, and it just, uh, it, it, it wasn't funny. Really was irritating. Like, I remember watching it and just similar to how, you know, Peter felt with, with these. I was just bored. If you're going to have a movie that is kind of be centering around, uh, strippers, but it's supposed to be a comedy, you can't be boring. It's, it's really not that hard. I mean, look at any, of the Porky's movies or that kind of stuff. They had, you know, comedy and it was lowbrow stuff, but it was never boring. This was just boring. And that, to me, is one of the biggest sins a movie can commit. So I think uh, Striptease absolutely deserves to be on here because it sucks. You know what other movie kind of deserves to be on here? Actually, these next two, Batman and Robin and The Avengers. I I was not a fan of the Tim Burton Batmans, but I give the first one its place in history and its credit. Not a fan of Batman Returns. Batman and Robin, eventually, even, you know, after Batman Forever, was a, what the fuck was that movie? Mike Nelson of MST3K, I don't agree with him. I think he's being a little too harsh. Quote, Batman and Robin is, the, is not the worst movie ever. No, indeed, it's the worst thing ever. Yes, it's the single worst thing that we as human beings have ever produced in recorded history, unquote. That's a little harsh, but okay, it's a bad movie and deserves to be on this list. The Avengers, the 1998 Avengers, based on the old British TV series, is one of those, 
I can't hate the movie because it's so moronically stupid. I mean, there's the scene with all the giant pastel teddy bear costumes in the boardroom. <laughs> and, and you just kind of, okay, I, I saw the original TV series now and then as a kid growing up. I don't know what that and this movie have to do in common other than some of the costumes. Avengers is a terrible movie on its own. It's a flat-out insulting movie to the TV series. The thing with Batman and Robin, I don't remember what... I, I know I talked about it in one of my videos with Batman and Robin was that at the time, and it's the, the reason why Burton left the Batman franchise to begin with was because um, he put out the first one and it was a monumental hit, but it was at the time what was considered dark for a comic book movie. Then he did Batman Returns, which I thought was even better, but it also had a much darker aesthetic. And there were parents and whatnot that were complaining because uh, Warner Brothers had deals with McDonald's and they were producing Happy Meals and everything. Thing. And it was, you know, even though it wasn't really a movie for kids, it was still kind of being pushed as things for kids and you had parents that were angry. And so consequently, they wanted to do Batman Forever. They wanted to lighten it up, which is why Batman Forever is much more colorful. And they introduced more characters. They introduced more toys and gadgets so that they could sell more toys and Happy Meals. And that was why Burton left, because it was going in a direction that he didn't like. And same thing with Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton wanted out because that wasn't, you know, what he signed up for. And then... Batman Forever was still too dark for some people. So they were like, all right, well, fuck it. We're going to go full Adam West Batman. And they did Batman and Robin, where they clicked their heels together and ice skates popped out. You had Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I forget who said it, but somebody said he looked like a gay Terminator. Uh, you had a horrible script. You had a very tongue-in-cheek, like, everything. It was so, uh, you know, uh, oh, what was it? Holy rusted metal, Batman! It was like, you know, if, they, if it would have been just that, it would have been fine. But it's like, because they, they kept playing up how goofy it was and how silly it was and went over the top of the colors and everything, it just made it abysmal. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It's one of the few movies... I've turned off like there are like a majority of movies. I will sit there and watch, you know, to their duration. But this I turned it off. I eventually went back and, re and watched the rest of it. But it's a very rare instance where I have to shut a movie off because it sucks so much. And this was one of them. But this was a movie where I stopped it because it sucked so bad. Now, the Avengers... I have no ties to the original TV series aside from like occasionally I would, I would catch like, like, you know, five minutes here or something when uh, flipping through channels. I kind of like it, but I don't like, I think it's more of an aesthetic thing. I think that it is a very unique and to me, a very eye-pleasing movie. There's a lot of really amazing camera angles and the colors with the stupid things like the bears. I don't know. It just, it's just, it's, it's different. And I liked how weird it was. Like you had Ray Fiennes doing the thing where he's walking down the street and people are Ralph coming up. Fiennes. He pronounces it Rafe. So I, I don't care. Rafe. It's R-A-L-P-H. It's, it's Ralph. Whatever. Well, okay, Mr. Fines is walking down the street, and you've got a bunch of people coming up and attacking him, and he's very nonchalantly, you know, uh, knocking them off and hitting them with his umbrella, and, uh... I don't know. I think that it it was uh it was very well shot and that helped to compensate for the fact that a lot of the stuff in the movie was just very weird. I don't think people just really uh were ready to kind of get into 
how bizarre it was. And I, I like a movie that will do something completely different. And this movie was full of completely different. So I give it credit for that. I, I like it, but I can understand people that don't like it. Oh, f*** Batman and Robin. I mean, I know it's it's <laughs> it's, it's low-hanging fruit. Sure, it deserves to be. It, that movie deserves every bit of scrutiny it gets. The one plus I'll give it is Joel Schumacher always delivers a good directing job. He knows his colors. He knows his angles. He knows how to make a movie look good. It doesn't save it. It's it's horrendous. It's a fucking two-hour toy commercial. As, for the, as far as the Avengers go, it's an average adaptation of an old TV show. It's not bad. It's not necessarily good. It doesn't deserve to be on a worst-of-anything list. If you haven't, you should watch director's commentary for Batman and Robin. It's two hours of Joel Schumacher apologizing for Batman and Robin. <laughs> pretty much. I, I've actually watched that. It pretty much is. Makes it pretty wonderful because he's like, oh, oh, yeah, I could see why that doesn't work. Oh, I don't remember doing that. Like, it's real. It actually it oh, makes shit. the movie almost worthwhile. You know what movie's not worthwhile? The movie nobody has seen. The underground comedy movie, 1999. Directed and written and starring Vince Offer. You know, the ShamWow guy. What? Yeah, the underground comedy movie. It's supposed to be like a, a recreation of late 80s public access. It is one of the most unfunny comedies ever. Like, there's an entire segment that goes on for minutes of models shitting. That's the joke. Models sitting on a, you know, supermodels sitting on a toilet pooping. Because humor. It's a movie nobody's seen, nobody's heard of. There's not even a, tra a trailer doesn't even exist for this thing. But Vince Offer insists that over 100,000 DVDs got sold, and every one of them he got praised by people loving the movie. Have either of you even heard of the underground comedy movie? Yeah, I used to see um, commercials for it, like, because, like, you couldn't go to the store and rent it. It was only available, like, to order. And it was one of those, like, I'm not going to fucking order this. <laughs> they, oh, the movie that they don't want you to see, you know. And that was one of the one of the spots was models taking a dump. Oh, uh, man. Like, it just looked terrible. And I was curious. But I wasn't curious enough to drop like 30 bucks on it. I just like, <laughs> I never, I never saw it and it just kind of went out of my mind. And I think it was actually up on Netflix for a while and I still was like, oh yeah, I remember that. And then I still didn't watch it. I haven't seen it, haven't heard of it, probably won't watch it because it just sounds like cringe. Okay, let's go to the 2000s. Battlefield Earth. I don't think there's much more we can say about this movie. It is a bad movie. It's a terrible script, insanely poorly directed. Roger Christian even admits that. He admits, yeah, I don't know what the fuck happened. The, the script is terrible. Everyone in the movie, except for John Travolta, looks embarrassed to be in this movie. Forrest Whitaker has this entire look of just sort of battle fatigue on his face, like, oh, God, if I didn't have an alimony payment. Battlefield Earth deserves all the crap laid on it. I saw this movie in the theater, me and the one other person that were in that was in that theater. And I worked at the movie theater at this time. We sold four tickets the entire week. This movie is a train wreck and deserves to be on this list. When you are still going to spell your name! <laughs> Fuck Battlefield Earth. Fuck Battlefield Earth. God damn. Just, I have nothing to say. 
That right there was better than the entirety of Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Battlefield Earth, I would like, I was kind of excited to see it because I knew nothing about it aside from the fact that it was like, you know, this like acclaimed book series and Travolta at the time was hot shit. So I was like, oh God, he's really behind this. And, and this is a, a massive book series. And he's talking about how it's the perfect adaptation and he's so happy with it. I was like, cool. And I went with a buddy of mine. We went to see it and it was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I, <laughs> wanted to leave much like how i turned off batman and robin i actually wanted to leave the theater i was so just i couldn't i couldn't fathom this movie it was that terrible uh it absolutely <laughs> deserves to be on the list well and then we go to freddie got fingered a movie that is one of the worst films i've ever seen i mean the film is so shockingly not funny i'm not just talking about the offensive stuff because tom green especially at this time in 2001 seemed to think that offensive meant funny without actually adding an offensive joke just like hey look i'm twirling a baby around by his umbilical cord spraying blood all over a hospital room funny right no but i actually think there's one scene in this movie that illustrates how unfunny it is. The scene where, and it just seems to go on, I know it's probably only about 20 seconds, but it seems to go on for minutes, of the animated Tom Green as the zebra just going, that's the sound of my hooves! My hooves! That's the sound of my hooves! My hooves! My hooves! My hooves! My hooves! And it just goes on, and, and you're like, is there a joke in here? Or do you just think you going, my hooves is funny, Tom? Not even all the other not funny stuff like the sausages and the sandwiches. This is arguably the least funny movie I have ever seen in my entire life. And that's not even bringing into account all the offensiveness. I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's, it's terrible. You are tasteless. I am tasteless. Like, <laughs> I, it's, it's terrible and there are a lot of jokes that don't work, but the jokes that do work, I think, are really funny. When he's caning his his crippled girlfriend in the legs so she can achieve orgasm, I'm sorry. I fucking laughed. Uh, I'm cursing <laughs> a lot this week. Uh, I'm, I'm like, it's it's so... Uh, how did they do this? Uh, it's it's just that bad. It's and, and all she wants to do, like she delivers this really heartfelt, like emotional speech about all she wants to do is to suck his cock. Like, I mean, it's, it's stupid, but the, the parts that are funny to me are funny. You know, the, the, daddy, would you like some sausage? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it, it works. There are parts that don't work. Uh, and it's not something that I would watch often. I haven't seen it in quite a long time, but, uh, the few times that I have seen it, I did laugh. I don't mind it. I don't think it deserves to be on a worst of list. I remember finding it funny when it came out. Bear in mind, I was in like elementary school at the time. I don't, I don't know what my reaction would be if I were to go back and watch it again, but the sixth to seventh grader in me found it funny. Therefore, I suppose there is some form of entertainment to it because there are movies I still like to this day that I enjoyed in grade seven. So who knows? I might still like Freddy Got Fingered. I don't think it's that bad. It's not great. What about Glitter, Mariah Carey's breakthrough role? Like I said, I worked in a movie theater when this came out. I don't remember how many tickets we sold to Glitter, but it was very, very few. Glitter is a bad, <laughs> bad movie. It's not well written, and Mariah Carey might be pretty. Man, she can't act. It's not offensively bad. It's boring and stupid, but it does not deserve to be on a worst of list. 
have not seen it. I tended to ignore the movies that were coming out starring, you know, Britney Spears and Mariah Carey because I, I don't, I'm not really, uh, interested in seeing pop stars that are trying to be actors too and then wasting my time with their shitty non-acting. I only saw it with the riff tracks and, uh, it was pretty terrible. This next one, Master of Disguise, the, the Dana Carvey movie. This is, it, it, it's like Freddy Got Fingered in the, I can't believe somebody thought this was funny. This whole movie is a giant, that's not funny. Why did you think that was funny? Not in an offensive way, just in a, that is so lame, it's not funny way. To <laughs> me, Master of Disguise is one of the worst comedies ever made, because it's that not funny. It really is terrible. This is another one where, yes, it deserves to be on the list. Because uh, I like Dana Carvey. I think he's funny. And uh, it's not funny. It's it's tremendously not funny. What the hell happened to Garth, man? You know, why why couldn't uh, Mike Myers take him on his little money boat ride and get him some better roles? Because surely he could have done better than fucking turtle, turtle, <laughs> master of disguise. Now, now this next one, I think Cecil will agree with me because we've talked about this one endlessly. Ballistic X versus Sever. It, it's a terrible movie. The movie makes no sense. There's nothing in the movie that's exciting or interesting. It's arguably one of the most boring action movies I've ever sat through in my life. I've actually never seen it. When did that one even come out? 2002. I vague... Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu. I vaguely remember trailers. It kind of just looked like um a repeat of that assassins movie he did with stallone in the 90s and i i kind of tuned out after that it's like oh, i kind of already seen this it's just instead of stallone it's lucy Liu. i just can't see how they took such a concept and made it so horrendously boring that <laughs> much, much like making like how how do you make an action movie about two secret agents that are fighting each other boring and it's also seriously i actually want to do a video on it to show like hey man even good directors somehow make bad movies. And this is one of the most unstylish, horrendous, poorly shot, uh, boring action movies I've ever seen. Well, then we've got 2003's from Justin DeKelly, a movie nobody could have ever suspected was going to be bad. I mean, it was two American Idol stars who had no acting experience making a movie together about being up-and-coming singers and having a really tepid romance. How could this fail? Yeah, it deserves to be on the list. This is, I mean, I don't get into to romantic comedies, but even for romantic comedies, this is low. I like it, but I recognize that it's terrible. I don't know. There's a certain, um, I guess it's because there's so much there to make fun of. So that's the thing. So I, I'm not really like, so I'm not saying in any shape or form that it is a good movie, but it is a fun movie to watch and laugh at. Well, and then we go to, as Cecil pointed out, The Room. It's a it's a terrible movie. Uh, I absolutely agree. I, I think this one, like Troll 2, has become the sort of go-to. It, it's become sort of it's become sort of the cool movie to think is the worst. It's bad. Don't misunderstand me. I don't know if this one deserves to be on the list just because of how famous it is. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a lot like Troll 2 in, in that I think Tommy Wiseau really did want to make a good movie. I do think he's a bit of a backpedaler, though, because as soon as it started getting well-received for how how entertaining it was, for how bad it was, he started coming out and saying, Oh, ha-ha, you know, I, I meant for it to be comedy. And it's like, you're fucking full of shit, weird bastard. He clearly set out to make this, like, you know, dramatic, uh, romantic comedy that's, like, tragic and shit. 
he he wanted to make a good drama, and that's why I have cancer, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I, he wanted to make a serious movie, and it failed so hard. And I think that's what makes it so good is because it's this fantastic unintentional comedy. There's no fucking way he meant for that to be as funny as it was. He wanted that to be serious. I mean, the main character shoots himself at the end. This was meant to be like a deadpan serious film with like a little bit of comedy and a little bit of heart and it failed so tremendously and that's what makes it so iconic it's much like troll 2 that was trying to be so scary and so serious and tell this like amazing story about goblins even though it's called troll 2 um and it failed horrifically but resonated so well with audiences because people were able to get together and watch it in groups and laugh, take in the unintentional comedy and enjoy it because of that. And I think The Room is kind of the, the troll too of this generation. And for that reason alone, it doesn't deserve to be on a worst of list because it, it's kind of a, it's like one of the mainstream bad movies, but it's fun. Like I, I like it a hell of a lot more than Birdemic. That was the opposite. It was the director saying, Oh yeah, I set out to make good movie. I really, I, I put in lots of, no, you didn't. You absolutely, that your characters are wooden, the acting performances are terrible, and the effects are clearly meant to be bad. Fuck off. Birdemic garbage. Troll, not troll two. The room, not deservedly on any worst of list. It's, it's not good by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, it's fun. Like, how could you not have fun laughing at that movie? Yeah, the, it was, it was a movie where he was trying to make this serious thing that was going to propel him into the Hollywood elite and he was going to be amazing. Uh, and otherwise he wouldn't have put that billboard up that sat up, you know, in Hollywood for like years. And yeah, it is a complete train wreck, but it is one of the <laughs> most wonderfully watchable, completely absurd, laughable train wrecks ever. It is his hysterically funny and again it doesn't deserve to be on the list you know i can't see anybody like watching this and not having a just a great time like laughing at how terrible it is oh hi doggy hi mohawk <laughs> you know what it is a painfully unfunny comedy 2003's giggly martin brest made beverly hills cop he also made giggly the hell was that okay i'm not a fan of jennifer lopez but i don't hate her I think Ben Affleck can be a good actor. He shows none of that in this. What the hell was up with Giggly? Eh, I, I don't really care. Like, uh, I'm not a big fan of J-Lo. And, uh, I, like, I don't think it's, like, it's not a good movie, but it's not really all that bad. I've seen far worse. I don't know. I mean, even, I've seen some movies with Ben Affleck in them where the movies have been bad, but I've always really liked Ben. He's just, he's very, he's just charismatic. I just, I can't not like the guy. It's too bad so, none of that charisma was in this movie. Eh, yeah, well, he was trying, like, I mean, the, the director had him doing more of, like, the gangster thing, and I don't know, it really, it just didn't work. It's not a good movie. It's just, like, a very, very mediocre movie. It doesn't deserve to be on a on a worse list. I, I think it's just another one where it it's on the list because of the whole Benefer thing, and, and they, they kind of, uh, you know, people just kind of gravitated towards that. I don't think it's all that. Like, it's not something that I would ever watch again, but it's not something that uh, I hate as much as uh, other movies we've talked about. As a movie itself, it probably does deserve to be on the list. It's just uh, the one thing I truly hate about it, though, is that this is the movie people use as an example for any time they put down Ben Affleck as an actor. They're like, oh, but he did Geely. Oh, but he did Pearl Harbor. And it's like, look, 
you can't blame a bad movie on an actor. He's not necessarily bad in it. His character is fucking horrendously written, sure. Original gangster's gangster. Yeah, there's some really cringeworthy lines in there, but he's not the reason why it's bad. If, if anything, Jennifer Lopez is one of the bigger reasons. So she can't act for shit. Ben is trying. He, he is, in, in my opinion, like a gifted actor. He's good at what he does. He's a fantastic director. He does have an eye for, for what works. And he, he was trying with what he was given, given. That's one of the reasons why the movie pisses me off because everybody goes to that movie to try to bring him down. And he, he doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve the hate for that, for Daredevil, for anything. He's always a, a consistently solid actor, just he hasn't picked the best projects in the past. Does Geely deserve to be on a on a worst of list though? Yes, it does. It's a horrendous film. You know what else deserves to be on this? Catwoman. 2004's oh Halle Berry starring Catwoman is one of the biggest miscalculations. It makes Steel with Shaq seem like, you know what, that was a good idea in retrospect. Catwoman is just one of those, what the hell is the matter with you to whatever executive greenlit this thing? Catwoman deserves this. It's a bad movie. Bad script, bad acting. Sharon Stone is embarrassing in this. Halle Berry, she's never been a talented actress, and she certainly continues that with this. The story is stupid. The direction is horrendous. The CGI is laughable. I don't know what the hell happened with Catwoman. I love Catwoman. (laughs) (laughs) Catwoman is, to me, like, I don't know. There's something about it that makes it earnest. Like, maybe it's, like, Pitoff's naivete in directing, because he, he admits that he drastically miscalculated the movie. Like, he jumped in before he was really ready to do a movie of this size. However, I do think that it is a very good-looking film. Like, if you can look beyond how corny it is and some of the really bad CG... I don't know. There's there's something about it. I think it's it's funny. It's not supposed to be funny, but I find it hysterically funny. It looks really good. It's very effortless to watch. Like, I mean, I can sit down and watch it. Just doesn't require a lot of brain power. And it's just uh, I don't know. It's 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 pleasing. And I'm not even a fan of, of Halle Berry. Thoroughly enjoy Catwoman. <laughs> like I've said a lot this evening, it is not a good movie by any sense of the imagination. But there's just something about it that I do enjoy, and I, I just uh, I can't not like it. Terrible. That's okay. it. <laughs> okay. Super Babies, Baby Geniuses Two, Bob Clark's final oh, film. Oh God. Okay. First of all, <laughs> Super Baby Geniuses used to be on worst films of all time list. And somebody decided, you know what? Let's double the budget and make another one of those. And then they made two more after this where they were so low budget they couldn't even afford sets. They're complete green screen movies. The Baby Geniuses movies are baffling to me in a who watches these? And I mean, seriously. I mean, I get it. You know, lots of online critics watch these because they know they're going to be terrible. But who are these movies made for? They're clearly not made for children because the plots are these James Bond plots that little children aren't going to get. They're clearly not made for adults. It's like this franchise is made for nobody. I I think I remember watching like the first 10 minutes of one of the Baby Geniuses movies because like I don't know what reason I had it or if I was at a friend's house or something. I think I was like 13 or 14 years old, but I remember watching about 10 minutes and turning it off. It's It's just such... It's retarded and probably does deserve to be on the list, honestly. Like, why? Why? Exactly what you said. What demographic are they shooting for here? It 
it hurts part of my soul that Bob Clark, who is an amazing <laughs> director, made these two movies because he had to. He also like, made Cop Dog. Yeah, it, it's just sad. Well, then we go to 2005's Alone in the Dark. Now, there are bad Uwe Boll films. I personally enjoyed Alone in the Dark. Is it a bad movie? Yeah. I enjoy it on a certain level. Not on a so bad it's good, but I don't know. There's something I like about it. I can't believe this movie's here when House of the Dead is not. That's the only thing that pisses me off about Alone in the Dark being here is like, really? Did you guys even see House of the Dead? I am kind of surprised that House of the Dead's not here because, like, uh, House of the Dead is... Alone in the Dark is a masterpiece in comparison to House of the Dead, isn't it? I wouldn't go that far. House of the... Uh, Alone in the Dark is also a piece of shit. Uh, House of the Dead is just, like, there's no joy to be had. Uh, with the exception of, like, little tiny bits of chuckle, like, oh, you kind of laugh here and there. But overall, it's just bad. Why do you uh, want to be immortal? To live forever. Yeah, you know, like... Alone in the Dark, I I openly laughed probably more than I should have at the end of the movie because the alien the the whatever the the Navigi whatever the hell the monsters are called in this the Chitani or something the Abkani that's they're invisible so the end of the movie you've got the three uh, the three heroes running away from nothing. Oh my god, they're gaining on us! <laughs> and they turn the camera around, and there's nothing there. It's hilarious. Like that, I was <laughs> howling laughing. I mean, there there is a lot of humor. I mean, the, the opening title crawl that's like ten minutes long. The slow motion fight sequences. Out of nowhere, uh, sex scene. Tara Reed trying to pronounce words that are so far beyond her that she has no idea what she's talking about. To, to be and, fair, when I interviewed Uwe Boll, he admitted that Tara Reed was such a mistake that he cringes when he sees the movie with her in it. Yeah, and that says something from Uwe Boll, you know? And then, yeah, th- then them running away from nothing. It is a bad movie. It is a laughably bad movie, and I understand why it's here, but I think that if this is going to be here, that Alone in the Dark, sh- or uh, that House of the Dead should also absolutely be here, because at least this you can kind of laugh at. House of the Dead, there is just no joy to be found. I think you guys have pretty much said exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's bad, but it's nowhere near as bad as House of the Dead. House of the Dead's not on the list. I don't think Alone in the Dark deserves to be, because Alone in the Dark is bad, but as Cecil was pointing out, it's really funny. Like, yeah, that ending scene where they're running away from nothing, it's it's entertaining enough, whereas House of the Dead is just a pain to sit through. So, no, I don't think this one deserves it. Well, we've already talked about Birdemic, Shock, and Terror, so I want to gloss over that. And we'll go to the last movies of the 2010, the pre-2010s on this list. Setzer Freeberg's Disaster Movie, which honestly is no worse than any other Setzer Freeberg movie. All of their films should be on the list. The Paris Hilton, Hottie and the Naughty, which, it's just not funny. It's not offensively bad. I don't think it's bad enough to be on the movie, or to be on this list. It's just not a funny movie. Ah, f*** Birdemic, and uh, I haven't seen the other one. Uh, I put Birdemic in the same category as uh, The Room and uh, Troll 2, just amazingly bad, entertainingly uh, hilarious movies. And The Hottie and the Naughty is just, along with the vast majority of times when Paris Hilton tried to work uh, or tried to act, it's just not funny and not good and mediocre at best. Oh, God, any of the Sutzer and Freeberg movies are just pure shit. Now we go into the 2010s. I'm not a fan of The Last Airbender anime, but I know a lot of people are. I have seen The Last Airbender Shyamalan movie. 
Yeah, this deserves all the scorn on it. This film is so miscalculated, so incompetently made. The acting is so bad. The script so nonsensical. The direction, it, it, it's like it's like this was made by a first-time director, not someone l- like with Shyamalan's talent. He was coasting on this. I wouldn't be surprised if he was huffing NyQuil in his trailer before he went out to the set every day. That still wouldn't explain how sleepy and boring his direction in this movie is. After the the nonstop cavalcade of uh, Airbender fans that were yelling at me, making the god-awful mistake of, of doing an offhand comment and calling it an anime, I have even less desire to watch this stupid show. I, I didn't want to watch it before, but like... I just that, called it anime. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's not anime. It was done by an American production company, and f*** you, I'm never going to watch this now. Uh, I thought that the movie was like, okay, I like out of because uh, I, I love M. Night, but this was clearly something that he did not have uh, either control over or was not uh, really passionate about. He kind of got uh, in on it. And I don't know. It's it's not it's definitely one of it's it, his worst movie is uh, After Earth. But this is probably his second like worst the movie was terrible, and fuck the anime. Come at me, fanboys. Then let's talk about Adam Sandler. We've got Jack and Jill and That's My Boy. Now, Jack and Jill, I think, is just a really bad movie. It's just a bad, bad movie. That's My Boy, on the other hand, is offensively bad. That it tries and fails, and that's why... Because, see, I think you can make a joke out of anything. It's when you fail to make a joke out of trying to be offensive, like with Freddy Got Fingered and the the underground comedy movie. That's My Boy is offensive. It's, it is essentially trying to wring humor out of statutory rape. And if it had, if it had worked, we'd be talking about it in glowing light. It doesn't work. That's My Boy is one of the most offensively bad movies I've ever seen. Jack and Jill is just bad. I uh, haven't seen either of them. Neither one really appealed to me just because of how bad Adam Sandler's recent movies have been. Not because they're uh, anti-PC or anything. Like, a lot of his movies were great because of that. Like, I love Happy Gilmore and Wedding Singer and Billy Madison and something. There's just something about his movies recently. I think they lack heart. Like, he, his characters used to be endearing, and now they're just pieces of shit. Like, I, I don't know if, if I should really say anything about them specifically since I haven't seen them, but they just look so bad that I avoided them. I guess the only thing I can say is that it's the the unfortunate, I wouldn't say fall of Adam Sandler since he's obviously still very financially stable, but I th- think the, the fall of him truly being a, a comedian. I was homesick one day and um, I, you know, I wasn't, I didn't want to go to sleep, so I was flipping through cable and saw that Jack and Joel was on. And I was like, ah, you know, how bad could it be? Much like Batman and Robin, it is one of the few movies that I turned <laughs> off. I made it, a, I think I made it a half hour in when when Jill was over the house and she was like sleeping in bed and she gets out of bed and there's a huge sweat mark where she was sleeping. I'm just like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I can't, <laughs> like, this is just not funny. This is like really, really, really terrible. So and I turned it on and that is a movie that I never went back to. I'm like, I think I got as much as I'm going to get out of that movie. So I never went back to it. Uh, that's my boy. I haven't seen. I heard both sides. I heard some people say that it was actually pretty funny uh, and obnoxious, and it was one of, you know, it was a more of a callback to the old Adam Sandler movies than other people that are, you know, Adam Sandler makes the worst movies ever and blah, blah, blah. 
Well, then the next two we got are Food Fight and Movie 43. Two movies that their casts sued to try and not get released. That should say something. Food Fight is just incompetent on every level, whereas Movie 43, it's kind of like some of the other comedies we talked about. Why did you think this was funny? This isn't funny. What the hell is the matter with you? What is wrong with you if you thought Movie 43 was supposed to be a funny movie? What what in your life is so absent that you could find humor in Movie 43? Food Fight is terrible. Honestly, I I kind of found Movie 43 funny. Like, there were certain segments that I, I kind of chuckled at. It's not great. It's not bad either, though. Um, I, I don't think it, it should have been... I don't think the actors should have been that ashamed of it. Hugh Jackman with the with the balls hanging from his chin or whatever. Like it was a lot of weird, like irreverent humor. And at times even had kind of a, a it sort of reminded me of a, a shittier version of the onion movie, which I found to be pretty genuinely funny for the most part. Like it's, the onion movie was actually funny, oh, but yeah. okay, here's the, here's the thing though. When Johnny Knoxville is suing because he's embarrassed by being in the film, that should set a weird bar, huh? I guess. Um, I mean, I didn't hate it. It's not something I would really watch again, but it got a couple chuckles out of me. But yeah, the, the way I just sort of see it is that it's an inferior uh, version to the Onion movie. It doesn't deserve to be on a worse list. It just kind of fell flat for the most part. Movie 43 is horrible. I think um, the the problem with it is that they had like these little ideas and that would have been funny for like maybe a two minute bit, but they went on for like 15 minutes. So like the, the, you know, the Hugh Jackman with the balls on his chin. Yeah, that, that would have been funny, you know, had it have just been like short, but like they kept going and go, mm. and they kind of were going with the, we're going to make it, we're going to push it to where it's not funny and then we're going to make it funny again, but anti humor. Yeah. It just, but it kept going into, into not funny and then continued to be not funny. Uh, it, it, or the, the part where, you know, he's, uh, he has to, the, the kid is, is getting hazed, uh, you know, cause he's homeschooled. Like that again would have been funny if it was a shorter bit, but they kept dragging them on and making them to the point of where they weren't funny. So yeah, movie 43 is terrible. Food Fight is also bad, but Food Fight is a movie where the backstory is far more interesting than the movie ever could have been. Oh, I, I absolutely, I want a movie about making Food Fight. There probably will be a food fight documentary about what happened because, uh, I know anecdotal bits here and there. It's really interesting and it's much better than uh, the movie is. And to a certain degree, I seriously think that Seth Rogen and James Franco got really high and watched food fight. And then they decided to make Sausage Party. So that's the end of the list. Now, we skipped over some foreign language films, some Bollywood films and Indonesian and stuff like that that are on this list because none of us have seen those. The worst movies of all time. Do you think that the general consciousness of what these are is just skewed? It's just a mainstream version? Or do you think it's just people like us who have seen far worse that are being a little too oversensitive about it? Because your average housewife, she probably really does think Giggly is one of the worst movies she's ever seen because it might be the worst movie she's ever seen. She's probably never seen Nail Gun Massacre or, or Curse of the Cannibal Confederates or anything like that. So do you think we're holding this list to a different standard? Uh, I think so, to a certain degree, because there's, uh, you do kind of look at things in a little bit of a different perspective when you see, like, some of the real dreck that uh, gets put out. 
And uh, so it could very well be, you know, this might be the worst movie they've ever seen. I mean, there's there's kids that uh, will comment on a video that I've done and they're this is the worst movie I've ever seen. I'm like, well, yeah, you're you're 12, you know, g- give it a couple of years. Believe me, yeah, this might be the worst thing you've seen now. But eventually you're going to run in to see something that is far, far worse. I'm surprised in your case you don't just keep directing him to the Spring Breakers trailer. There is somebody who was trying to defend that movie in uh, in one of the comments. Uh. And I'm just like, nope, no, not having it. Ter- wor- worst movie of the decade. I still stand by it. See, n- n- now Cecil, you know what it's like arguing with you over why Man of Steel sucks. You're wrong. You're- Man of Steel's awesome. Well, yeah, I think it's uh, it's all about perception. It's all about what you've actually seen and what you're exposed I mean, we're we're the types of people and the types of people that listen to the show um, tend to seek out movies rather than just see whatever's in theaters or whatever other people are talking about. Like, I'm constantly trying to find new things to watch. Not everybody does that. So the way we're perceiving it, we've seen so many other movies of varying caliber, of varying directors, varying actors. Looking at a list like this, we can easily go, no way. I've seen way, way worse. Whereas your average viewer would be like, yeah, this is totally bad because they, they're really only seeing whatever's on the marquee of their local movie theater or whatever, you know, critic that they watch or whatever has seen and is uh, spewing about. So yeah, it's, uh, it's all about perception. Well, you know, what's not about perception that Peter is a cool dude and you, you can find him on the interwebs. You can find me being a cool, bad dude with attitude on uh, Twitter, at Cinematica, YouTube, The Cinemasticist, Facebook, The Cinemasticist, and on to 1201beyond.com. You're the kind of bad dude that'll have a burger with the president. Damn right. I'm bad. Cecil is bad. Where can people find him being that? Good bad. You can find me being bad, bad, so bad. The Escapist Magazine, uh, escapistmagazine.com, goodbadflix.com, uh, YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and all, uh, all that stuff. You can find me at 1201beyond.com. Contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. Guys, keep one foot in the gutter, one fist in the gold.
Find it and other great content at 1201beyond.com.